doing this morning? Okay. Okay. Oh, yes. I am doing super. Super. Um, I, I should say very super. Is there such a thing as very super? Or the super say it already? Uh, I, okay. Um, I, I tell people that I'm one happy dude. I mean, if you ever see me unhappy or if you see me upset, uh, bring it to my attention. That way I can mark it on my calendar. This day I was upset. I can't remember the last time I was upset. Uh, well, I, I can remember one of the times uh, because I was very upset, but I wasn't even saved yet. Uh, and I was upset. I remember it. Uh, and then I was sort of like a cocky dude when I was growing up. So when you're cocky, you're easy to get upset. So, um, you know, you're prideful and stuff. And uh, so somebody catches, messes with your pride and then you're upset. <laughs> uh, but these days, I don't know. Uh, I told somebody even yesterday, I say, no, they can't steal my joy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't do it. This was a, a, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can't take it away. And I won't let you. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, amen. It's like somebody has power over you, and they're going to say, you know what? Pastor Kenny's going to have a bad day today. I'll see to it. Ain't going to happen, baby. You'll be frustrated because you won't get me upset. Um, so, anyways, I don't even know why I brought it up. Uh, but I, I, I want to say this, that uh, a couple of weeks ago or so, we had a message on, on anger, anger. And we said uh, that uh, anger, primarily in the scriptures, is forbidden. At, at, at least it says, at least it says, be slow. To anger. Because if you're slow to anger, there is a hope that you won't even get angry. You know, somebody says, hey, count to ten. Be slow. No, count to a hundred. Slow. Okay? Uh, And then, a a lot of people think that they cannot control their anger. Agwash. Because Paul says... Be angry and sin not. That, that, that is the first portion. I'm going to consider the second portion. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, he is saying, I give you, hey, don't get upset in the first place. But if you get upset, I give you till the sun goes down. Boom, then it should be over. And like I said to you, if you live in Alaska in the winter, you're out of luck because 3 o'clock it gets dark, you're done. So you can't control it. And then, you know, that was in the morning. Then in the evening, there was some testimony of someone that said, normally I would have snapped. I've snapped back or whatever. This time, I just controlled my anger. And then I was able to talk to my spouse without being angry. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. 
How about that for some good news? Talking to my spouse without being angry. What a novelty. And, and then we were able to solve the issue. When you're angry, you're not solving an issue. The issue accelerates. It, 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 it becomes a tsunami, ultimately. So that was that. So I'm, I was happy. And then a few days later, I heard another testimony of somebody that heard the sermon and says, Pastor, the Lord is using you to change my life. I had such and such and such. I got a little bit upset. I went to sit down in the restaurant. Uh, it happened to be a, a burger place. And then the Lord convicted me. What did Pastor talk about last Sunday? I went to the counter and apologized to the young man. And in front of my eyes, I could see that the young man, his spirits were lifted. Then, um, last week, much to your chagrin, I I preached on uh, giving up your rights for the gospel's sake. And sure enough, that night, a sister had a testimony concerning giving up her rights. But she says, I wasn't sure if it was for the gospel's sake. I tell you one thing, when you're giving up your rights, it is always for the gospel's sake. Because when you give up your rights, something that you have coming, and you give it up, everybody who experiences that, who knows that, feels an opportunity that if you would share the gospel with them, you would be believable. You just gave up your rights. Now, uh, what am I going to share this morning? Uh, let, let, let's talk about that first, and then I'll go back to the disputable matters for just a little bit. And, and so, you give up your rights uh, for the gospel's sake. And I gave a few examples, but I want to give you uh, an example. And those were hypothetical examples, and they were not that good an example. But I give you now a better example that was a real thing that happened. Uh, a pastor friend of mine, and this was not somebody that I sort of knew, we played racquetball together, so we, 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 were, we were close. We were friends. And he was the pastor of a, of a church. But he had a house in a wealthy neighborhood, if there's such a thing. I don't know what that is, but okay. But his house was like, like for a wealthy person. Yes? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, see, that is not my house. We have a nice house, but not for a wealthy person, for mid-range-ish. And, and, and you know my history. I've been there where I didn't even have a dollar and was a million dollars in debt. So, okay. Uh, but this brother had a house. And, and check this out now. This is a real story. His elders told him that that kind of house that you own as a pastor the people in the church are, uh, are not good with it. Let me put it this way. They think that it's too much house for, house for you as a pastor. Now you can say, that's wrong. It is wrong. And it's 100% immature. But the pastor has to make a decision. Am I going to minister to these people? Or am I going to be the pastor over here and cannot minister to them? He put a house on the market. I just like to think about that. 
real stuff. Okay? So, uh, you don't have to put your house on the market, okay? Because for one thing, you're not a pastor, and, uh, and so on and so forth. But there's considerations. My brothers and sisters, the thing that I want to get across to you more than anything, more than anything besides Jesus, is that the gospel is other person-minded. It is not me-minded. It is her-minded. It is him-minded from my perspective. It is always taking in consideration another person besides myself. And yes, there is, there is place for you, need to, for you to grow so that you mature in the Lord as well. So there is a place for me-minded because I want to grow in the Lord. But a grown person in the Lord is always other-minded. Always other-minded. My parents, they always were thinking about their six children. Even if they had, they had to go without. When somebody's mature in the Lord, they're always thinking about other people. So ultimately, ultimately, like Jesus says, it's ultimately about loving others. Like Jesus loved you. It is not anymore loving others like yourself. Jesus says, in John, he says, I'm giving you a new... I don't even know why I'm going over here, but somebody needs to hear it. I'm giving you a new commandment. A new commandment. Okay? The old commandment was the 50-50 kind of a commandment. But the new commandment is love others like I have loved you. And that will be the proof of your discipleship. Ah. Uh, that is what I wish for you more than anything else. I'm looking at you. I'm not looking at you in particular. We, we, we're all, no, we're both folks, we're all flawed. Okay? So that, that is not the issue. I, I'm not upset with anybody. I just want us to get it so that we can grow. So that we don't think we're growing while all along we're more and more selfish. That is no growth. That's going backwards. So I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody in particular. That's not my style in the first place. When I want to talk to you in particular, I ask for a, an audience with you. Uh, so, you know, you remember Jesus said, and this is not even part of my sermon, but Jesus said, uh, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We walk in our Christian walk like he said the opposite. It is more blessed to receive than to give. Because that's how we live. Like it is more blessed to receive than to give. Because we always want to take. Instead of always want to give. But in the giving, there is receiving. Because he says it is more blessed, more blessed, more. Bigger, more blessing, more blessed to give than to receive. So why would we not give <laughs> when it is more blessed? Why would we want to keep taking when it is more blessed to give? And when I give, I have received a blessing already. Even if the other person didn't go along with the gift and the peace offering and or whatever else I was doing. 
but I have already received the blessing from the Lord himself. Just forgiving. Just forgiving to someone else. How, how glorious is that? And I didn't say it. And even, even, even Paul didn't say it. Jesus said it. So, that's not enthusiastic or upset or whatever. I'm not upset. I'm just emphatic because I see it too much in the, in the Christian world. It seems like it's all about taking. Boom. Taking. All over the place. In, 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 every, in every area of life, it seems like. Then one more thing about disputable matters. Uh, we talked about disputable matters a few weeks ago. And, oh, I have to tell you something else uh, 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 concerning the giving. Let me, let me back up and say, I, I, I was talking with a brother. Uh, the one that I told you uh, last week, I think, he, said he called me at 2 o'clock and see if, he, if I could meet with him at 4 o'clock. Hmm? Well, I can meet with you at 4 o'clock, yes. And he told me, Pastor, I have discovered that I'd rather be happy than to be right. I say, brother, what a great discovery. Sorry, I can't hit you because you're my age model. And I hit him on his shoulder, pow, like this. What a discovery. He says, I'm tired of being right and unhappy. <laughs> well, brother, I'm glad that I didn't have to tell you that. I'm glad it was the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Because if people are not ready to hear that, they might punch me across the table. I say, Pastor, I'm, I'm done. I'm walking out of, out, out of here. Um, the spiritual matters. I, 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 once again, it just, you know, by virtue of the fact that they are disputable matters means that it's a lot of it is disputable. Right? So there's a lot of, if you want a real life, and real lively debate, talk about the spiritual matters. So we had Sunday night, we had a lively debate on the spiritual matters. And sometimes in the spiritual matters, there are lots of questionable things. Not questionable like a negative, but things that you question, that you think, well, what about this, and what about this, and what about this, and what about this? So the spiritual matters, if you were not here, sorry, I can't go in all the details. But the spiritual matters... Sometimes you might be disputing whether they are disputable matters or not. <laughs> so disputable matters is not another thing to be legalistic about, to be, you know, to be, um, to, to, to have a law again, to keep rules again. None. That is why Paul in the beginning, and I remember I mentioned it to you and I was, very uh, emphatic about it, and uh, I, didn't t- I took my time on it, saying that Paul is speaking to us in disputable matters, that is to say, things that have not been commanded and things that are not forbidden. Uh, disputable matters. So there's uh, lots of those things that people, one person is convicted of, another person thinks you, you, you can do it, no problem. Uh, I, t- I told you then, you cannot operate on the basis, Paul is saying, in, in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1. So if you want to read it, you're welcome to read it. 
He says, don't go on the basis of knowledge. You won't solve a thing because knowledge uh, tends to lead to pride. Pride won't solve a problem, my brothers and sisters. That's what I, where I used to live. Pride, cocky. I was always right, even if I was wrong. And I had enough logic to teach you that, hey, listen, this shirt is actually yellow. No, it's purple. No. When I'm done with you, you're thinking shallow. <laughs> I found a way to make it happen. So, and there's lots of people like that. <laughs> Lord, I repent of it. I never want to be like that ever again. Ever. It doesn't solve anything. But Paul says, hey, listen, you need to come on the basis of love. Love. So you come on the basis, sister. I'm coming to Sherry on the basis of sacrifice. In our relationship, I am doing the one that is sacrificing. And she's thinking from her point of view, I am doing the one that is sacrificing. But I'm not coming and say, hey, you need to deal with me on the, on the basis of sacrifice. No, I am doing the sacrifice. And as your pastor or as your older brother, I hope to be a good example so that you follow in that example of sacrifice and that you approach people on the basis of love rather than on knowledge because knowledge will mess you up. But love will always find a way. So, uh, yes, the spiritual matters are difficult. There's nothing easy about it. That's why I call this spiritual matters. There's a lot of dispute about it. <laughs> Unfortunately, in Christian circles, it's dispute rather than discussion. But anyways, uh, uh, all right. E enough of that, I think. Uh, oh, can I say one more thing? On, 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 I'm changing subjects again. I, I want to say one more thing here that I, I want wives to know something today. I usually talk to husbands a lot. And I'm not easy on husbands per se, but... Um, but I want wives to know that there is no one in the whole wide world that can blow wind in the sails of your husband as you can. Did I say it right? My sentence too long? Okay. No one can blow wind in the sails of your husband. You can do it better than anybody else. And if you do it, you find, you get the, the benefit of it. Right? It is more blessed to give than to receive. I, I, I was looking when the Lord was trying to teach me and Sybil. Uh, 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 I'm not sorry, excuse me. No, He was trying to teach me. <laughs> How to be a better husband. I felt like God had blessed us. Uh, how uh, a decent a decent couple, but when I, in prayer God says, I, I, "You haven't arrived. You haven't seen anything yet." So I, I took that message and say, "Hey, he, he wants he wants us to do better. So I better go look for some material. Uh, if somebody has a message for me, a, 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 a video for me, a tape for me, a book for me." So I went to the Bible bookstore, looked in the window. There it was. The Lord put it there just for me. 
The title of the book was Do Yourself a Favor, Love Your Wife. <laughs> God's economy. When you love other people, there is a benefit for you in the deal. It didn't have to be like that. God used to tell you, hey, you, you love your wife. Done. But here, there is a reciprocity. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So in my, my giving, I'm already receiving. Oh, I'm good, baby, I'm good. And then not only that, in the, so I like the title, Do Yourself a Favor, Love Your Wife. And then the picture, I loved it too. Because there were a bunch of cars going in that direction. And it was a black and white picture, that portion of the picture. And the light of the cars was not on. And the husband and the wife, they were sitting this far apart. And then there was one car coming this way towards you in the picture. And that car had lights on. It was in color. And the husband and wife were sitting next to each other. Oh, I like this. I bought the book. Right there. I walked in and bought the book. I want to know about this. Paige Williams is his name. Go look it up. It's an old book. Do yourself a favor, love your wife. I read it. I devoured it. Underlined it. Highlighted it. Some of the ones that had underlined, I read again. And then, then that time I highlighted it. And then, and then again, I highlighted it again with a different color. You know, you know, you know highlights. Valuable. Somehow or another, we think, brothers and sisters, that when, we, when, when it's about giving and sacrifice, that we're losing. We're winning. That's the beautiful thing about it. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about it. We're winning. God wants, wants to take us. You see, because this is not about material stuff. This is not about physical stuff. This is not about earthly stuff. This is about spiritual, heavenly stuff. He wants us to be spiritually stronger. Well, I say, you say, well, how about, how about the rest of my life? Well, I'm going to tell you. Because you see, what the deal is, is this. Is that your spirit, when it's in the right place, it influences your soul. That is to say, your soul is your thinking, your feeling, your, your will, these type of things. And that in turn influences the physical part. Right? So, there are many people who are physically sick. Because their emotions are, are all over the place. So they can't sleep. They can They're obviously nervous. You know, take a pill. And they go to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with you. They can't see there's anything wrong with you. Because it's in your head. It's in your soul. And when your spirit is right with God and you have spiritual strength and spiritual power, that power is what controls your soul. And that power is what controls you ultimately, your, your body as well. Not 100%, not 100%, but a lot of it. 
a lot of disease that is out there can be attributed to the emotions. And the emotions come from the spirit. I wasn't even going to go here. Uh, so that's why there's so much trouble because we're thinking it is about the physical, the material stuff. So we're thinking if we're giving, oh, I got rid of it. No, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So in the giving, I'm receiving. And it is that the receiving that I'm getting is not the material receiving that Jesus is speaking of. He is speaking of a spiritual receiving whereby if you are sacrificial in your life, then he gives you a spiritual strength because it, it is the stuff that, 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 that is, is, is heavenly, that is kingdom stuff. It's different than the earthly stuff. And we're going to talk about that in, in a little bit if we have time. What time do you have? What time is it? 12 o'clock? Okay. Why is my watch saying 12.15? Somebody messed with my watch. Somebody messed with my watch. Okay. Uh, I think that's, that's all I wanted. So that is part of the sermonette thing. Um, I remember that last week, um, Gary Meller, who's upstairs there, uh, he taught Sunday school and he, he, he gave us a challenge. And the challenge was basically this. What do you need to add to your life or subtract from your life to be in a better place spiritually? Well, and then he says to divide up in groups and pray about this. I didn't need to pray about it unless God wanted wanted to show me some more things. Immediately when he said that, I knew exactly what it was for me. And so we prayed, and I thought, well, you know, I'm open if God shows me some more things. But, you know, God knows I'm, you know, I'm weak, so he doesn't show me too many things all at one time. But he told me this one thing. Less TV, tired or not. Tired. Now, that's not for you. That's my message. Okay? <laughs> you, 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 you look to the Lord. I will see what he's telling you. Uh, apparently, he said the same thing to somebody else. To somebody else, he says, more prayer in your home. And I'm glad that some of us took him up on the, on the challenge. I challenge you to look for opportunities to give up your rights for the gospel. So last night I was happy to hear that one of the sisters did it. And, uh, and it was a blessing. So, now then. <clears throat> we've talked about the kingdom of God quite a bit. And I'm trying to see if in, in this time that we have left, which is uh, oh, it's only two hours, but... The, and the, and the little time that we have left to 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 put it together and 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 and, and nice and it's sort of like a package where it is easier to to understand. This is not all there is to the kingdom of God, but this is an understanding 
See, I have never had, I'm, I'm meeting with Tony, where's Tony? And I'm meeting with Caleb and Byron, where's Byron over there? And I'm meeting with a couple of other guys, and we're meeting on a, on, on, on a fairly consistent basis, best, best we can. We're meeting because I, I want them to know some things as the pastor and as their older brother. <clears throat> and I'm not soft with them. I, I'm not kissy-kissy with them. No, brother, okay, no, no. Hey, memorize that thing, brother. Tell me what this thing is saying. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, read it. In your own words, what does it say? I want them to, because I don't want them just to read the Bible. You don't get anything out of it. Read it with thought. Read it and try to figure out what is it saying. Because I'm not interested in just another meeting. Well, I can meet with them just for some fellowship and some love, but I want it to be deeper than that. I want it to be a meeting where it is a benefit to them. Benefit from somebody who's 71 years old who's walked with the Lord for many years and who had to dig for himself because the church didn't do that much. The church was always preaching about salvation. I was already saved. So I complained to the Lord one time Lord, where do I get fed? He says, don't worry about it. I got your back. He didn't say it in those words. He may have well have said And I can take you to the place within the yard of where he told me that. Within a yard I can take you of where he told me that. It was on a Wednesday night. Driving in a van. The parking place next to the church. And then I, I went to the street. So I went to in front of the church. Right about by the front door over there. He answered my prayer. Don't worry about it. I got your back. End of story. I got it, Lord. I got it. But that didn't mean that I didn't have to go dig for myself. I never had an opportunity that somebody sat with me and says, Hey, the kingdom of God, hey, this is what it is. This is what it is. This is, these are the results. These are the weapons. And so on and so forth. No one, ever. So I want to spend some time with the young man to say, Hey, such and such. So I'm going to try to do that quick with you. I did it. We, we've done it on a Sunday night. So if you were there that Sunday night, this is old stuff to you. But, uh, all right, here we go. The kingdom of God. Uh, in John 18, 36, you can look it up if you want to, but I'm going to try to go a little fast. Jesus says to Pilate, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. Because if it was, if it were, <clears throat> my servants would fight. Is it there? Okay, there we go. My servants would fight. So that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. He's saying two things over there. One. <clears throat> he's speaking about two, th- two kingdoms. One kingdom is the kingdom from over here. And the second thing he's thinking is. My kingdom is not of this world. It's from another world. He's speaking about his kingdom. A spiritual kingdom. And he says. It is, in, this, in this kingdom over here. They fight to deliver people. What he meant was. They fight with swords and clubs. And nowadays with guns and grenades and whatever else. He says, but in my kingdom, we don't fight like that. Do we fight in the kingdom of God? Yes, Yes, but in a different way. In a different way, we're fighting the good fight in the kingdom of God. The good fight. And that good fight is fought with different weapons than the, the kingdom of the world. In the kingdom of the world, they fight with clubs and swords and pistols. In the kingdom of God, they fight with other things. Because the, the purposes... For this fight is are different than in the kingdom of darkness. 
Okay, we'll, we'll go through it. Uh, okay, here we go. So the weapons of the kingdom, I, I bought a new one of these. and Oh, anyways, it's right over there. There's two ways of fighting. And the kingdom of God, G-O-K-O-G, means kingdom of God. Okay, kingdom of God. You, you fight with other weapons. One of the examples is the, the armor of God, for example. Okay, the, the, the belt of truth, the, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet shot with the preparation of the peace of God, uh, the, sword, the sword of the spirit, the, 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 the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and so on. Prayer, and then Jesus says, Paul, through, through Paul, says, love never fails. That's what he says. Do you believe it? I believe it. Love never fails. He didn't say love mostly succeeds. Or love, it's about a 50-50 deal, okay? Sometimes it wins, sometimes it loses. More or less, more or less. More or less than more, or more more than less, or more or less, I don't know which one it is. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I, 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 it, it won't stop. <laughs> Thank you. And see that, and after a little while, somebody comes and pulls up the little white from the, from the Kleenex. From <laughs> Pastor, you have something on your face. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. So, the, the weapons of the kingdom of God, they are different because the purpose is different. Both kingdoms are looking to expand themselves. Yes? Yes? We have talk, we've talked about some of these things, so, but I just want to package this together a little bit. The, 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 they both, both want to expand their kingdoms. So Satan wants to expand his kingdom, and God wants to expand his kingdom. Question, can God smush the kingdom of darkness? All that is just like that if he wants to. But he doesn't want to yet. He says, later on it's going to happen. The scriptures are very clear. Don't worry about it. But right now, he wants to use his own children to expand his kingdom. And his own children are going to expand his kingdom with the weapons of the kingdom. Not the weapons of somebody else's kingdom. With the weapons of somebody else's kingdom, you are promoting that kingdom. But he wants us to promote his kingdom. <clears throat> so, two, two ways of fighting two kingdoms. The next picture is, uh, like I said, I'm going to try to go very quick about it. Is this. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. So by definition, because it is spiritual, you can't see it till it becomes visible. Right? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God becomes visible when his children are obedient. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we are doing, so my definition, and I didn't give it to Peter, so I just have to say it, is my definition of the kingdom of God is the invisible rule and reign of King Jesus in every sphere of life that becomes visible when his children become obedient. That is the only way that somebody who doesn't know you can see that the kingdom of God is real because you are obedient. If you're not obedient, they can see it. It's still there. You're saved. It's still there. But they can't see a leg. It's like people say, you know, 
I'm a Christian. What? You are a Christian? I've known you for 10 years, and just now I found out you're a Christian? Where was the proof? Where was the sign? Where was the visibleness? The visibility of the fact that you were a Christian? Where was it? Uh, So, I gave you the definition. So, obedience. Obedience makes the kingdom of God manifest, visible. It is like, I say that in Corinthians 1.15, it says that he, Jesus, is the, huh? Is the image of the invisible God. God is invisible. How is there an image? There is no image, except Jesus makes an image. In other words, Jesus makes visible the invisible God. That's part, not the only reason, that's part of why he came to earth, to make visible the kingdom of God. And he's asking us to make it visible because this is how we fight for his kingdom, with his weapons, to make visible the kingdom of God. We are mostly making visible the kingdom of darkness in our dealings. I'll get that in just a little bit. Okay, in the next, the next uh, I'm going a little bit fast. So there is this war. We, we, are, uh, we are supposed to expand and promote the kingdom. That is my job. That is my job to promote the kingdom of God. And that is your job to promote the kingdom of God. Because you are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. It is your job to promote the kingdom that sent you to go do the work. That sent you to go represent. Somebody wants to play with words? I say represent. Somebody wants to say represent. Okay, that is to say, I say represent. Like an ambassador, you are representing somebody else. Somebody says represent. That means you present him again. Represent. And if you want to play with words a little bit more, then I say Represent. Make him present all over again. Okay? So, uh, but you're an ambassador. So, what, what I want to explain to you is this. It is my job. Bronwyn, how long have I known you? A hundred years. years, more or less. More or less than more, but okay. A long time. And uh, it is my job to to promote the kingdom of God in Bronwyn. She is a believer, so she has the kingdom of God within her. It is my job to expand it within her. Uh, Tony, what is a kingdom? Let's say the kingdom of God. Yes. The kingdom of God is where Jesus rules. Excuse me. The kingdom of God is where Jesus rules. Simple. That is when there is a kingdom. When there is a king who rules. And by definition, if he rules, there's people who obey. Otherwise, he's not ruling. Excuse me, sorry. He's on the throne, but he's not ruling. So, thank you, Tony. How simple is that? The kingdom of God is where King Jesus rules. So, if I'm going to expand the kingdom of God in Bronwyn, 
I am motivating her, encouraging her, praying for her, dealing with her in such a way that she is encouraged to have Jesus have more of her. That he would rule more of her. Yes? Is anybody here that Jesus rules every single part of you? No. You're growing into that. So the kingdom of God is expanding in you. You have it in you, but it's expanding. So it's my job, and it's her job to do the same for me. It is also my job to expand the kingdom of God in my wife. That I should treat her with the weapons of the kingdom of God rather than with the weapons of the kingdom of darkness in such a way that I expand the kingdom of God in her. But my dear brothers and sisters, if I deal with her and on the base of the kingdom of darkness weapons, I promote the kingdom of darkness in her. What kind of sense does that make? You explain it to me. What kind of sense does that make? Because it becomes more clear, but I'm, I'm go, I have to go fast because I don't, I, I don't know. So, so, so that's my job. The purpose, so there's two kingdoms, two ways to fight, two purposes. The purpose of the kingdom of darkness is through hate and other ways. We don't have to do the whole list, right? Through hate and other ways to get people to go to hell. Yeah, that's what Satan wants. Is that a secret? This is no secret. That's what he wants. That is his ultimate goal. And if, you are, if he cannot get you to hell because you're already saved, he wants you to have a defeated life. He lost you for eternity. You're going to heaven. But he'll find a way if he can. Hopefully he cannot. But if he can find a way, he will find a way to have you live a defeated life. Since he lost you for eternity, he wants you to be defeated. So you go through life, and you go through life because you are defeated, negative, complaining, belly aching, the kingdom of darkness things is what you bring them out, and in some way you're promoting the kingdom of darkness. So, but the kingdom of heaven, the, 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 the other kingdom, the kingdom of God, its purpose is through love and other means. You know, I just gave you a, a bunch of the, his weapons, right? Love, uh, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on and so forth. And he says, the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and so on and so forth. These are the weapons. So through love and other weapons and other means, he wants us to get to heaven. But heaven is not enough. Because he wants you to promote the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So he says, I don't want you to live a defeated life as a Christian. But that's not promotion. That's promoting the other kingdom. I want you to promote my kingdom. So what I have in mind for you, and this is the right that you have as a one who is born for the second time. Your, your, your birthright in the second birth is victory. This is your birthright. This is not, this is not a secret. You don't have to go to the mountains. You can. It's wonderful. This is not a secret. If there's no mountains around and you're limited to Corpus Christi, sorry, there's no mountains. You may have to go to the beach or something. But it is, it is no secret that in the second birth, when the, the power of the resurrection is made available to you, you have victory coming 
your way. Okay, that was two amens. <laughs> so either you are in a serious mood and you don't want to say amen, or else you're, you're still pondering, or else you're not believing it. I came that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. I would be happy with abundant life, but he says I can have it more than abundant. As the scriptures have says, those who have said, those who believe in me, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Does that sound like victory? Yes. I mean, it is, this is not rivers of dirty water. This is rivers of living water. On and on and on. So he has, what he wants for us then in the kingdom of God, through love and other means, the weapons of the kingdom of God, he, he wants to get us to heaven, but that is not enough. He wants to have a victorious life here on earth. Next, next one. We go, we go going a little fast because we have to go fast. Uh, the weapons, okay, we have already talked about these. Okay, the armor, and then plus, uh, the, the hate lies, and then on the other kingdom. And then, and then this over here is something. Oh, you know what? Uh... I give you what Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, more or less, quickly. It says there uh, that God wants you to put on his armor so that once you have wrestled with the forces of evil, that you get to stand. In battle, when you have battled, you have wrestled, and you get to stand, that means you won. Yes? Does that make sense? Okay. David and Goliath, one was dead and laid on the ground, and one was standing over him. Boom. Right there. So when you, when you keep standing, that means you won. He has victory for us in mind. But he says that our battle... It's not against other people so much as that it is against these spirits. The guys of the opposing kingdom in the spiritual realm. And you fight these guys with spiritual means. So, then in Galatians 6, 7 through 9, he says, and this is something, you know, that we need to remember Don't be deceived. He's talking here to the brethren, to the brothers and the sisters, to believers. Don't be deceived. As if there were a chance that if you were not careful, you'd be deceived. But he says, I'm giving you a fair warning. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Don't make a mockery of God. He is not mocked. You can mock him, but he's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That makes sense. If somebody says, hey, I know a little something about uh, farming and, and, and uh, how you call it, uh, agriculture and, 
and so on and so forth, planting and reaping and sowing and harvesting and blah, 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 blah. Uh, that makes sense. But he says, it goes on. If you sow to the flesh, you shall reap from the flesh corruption. Now, what does that mean? That's the King James Version. What does corruption mean? Huh? Huh? Bad, bad news, huh? Rottenness. Rottenness is what you're going to reap. If that's the type of stuff that you plant. Now, doesn't that make sense? Okay. <laughs> you, you, you plant a lime. And what do you think you're going to have on the tree? You can't plant lime and think, oh, you know, I'm looking for some sweet apples. Plant those sweet apples is what you need to do. Somebody says, you know, Pastor, I need your counsel. I, I, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I have some limes on the tree. Well, it's because you planted the limes. Right? Uh, hey, give me some, give me on five over here. Uh, uh, pow, there we go. <laughs> Yes, that's the reason, sister. If you wanted some sweet apples, plant no sweet apples. Then he goes on to say, but if you sow to the Spirit, you shall reap from the Spirit life eternal through Jesus Christ. Then he says, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't stop doing good. For in due time, or, 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 or last week I told you that in due season, so there's a season, in a due season you shall reap if you don't faint. So somebody says, Pastor, you know, I've been a rotten husband or a rotten wife or whatever. I don't think they're 50-50. There's more rotten husbands than they're rotten wives, but... Uh, uh, I, I, let's stay with the husband so that way I don't have to defend myself. Um, <laughs> Pastor, I've been a rotten husband, and uh, what you just said makes sense to me. I've been putting in uh, limes. And sure enough, Pastor, I'm reaping limes. No kidding. Truly, are you reaping limes? You have planted limes, are you reaping limes? Oh, yeah, I think so. It's pretty predictable. And, uh, but I say, okay, now what you need to do, it is sort of like a pipe. You have put in bad stuff for a long time. And a lot of bad stuff has come out. But there's still a lot of bad stuff in the pipe. So when you put good stuff in the pipe... Don't think it's coming out right away. The good stuff is pushing the bad stuff out. So after one week, there's still no good stuff coming, guy. You got to put a lot of good stuff in. Push, push. Don't faint. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Push, push, push. Ah, praise the Lord. Some good stuff came out. Amen. Pastor, I'm so glad you didn't give up on me. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't want you to give up on yourself. I'm, I'm going to help you push, brother. I'm going to help you push. So, so the results then, 
the results with the weapons of the kingdom of darkness is defeat, death, devastation, brokenness, the whole bit. We can fill a book with, with all those things that the kingdom of darkness will produce, the results that will come out of it. And the results that come from the kingdom of God are, did I say it? Okay, victory, life, love, light, peace, joy. I'm going to skip the rest. Ah, you read it already, so. In a real way, my brothers and sisters. My brother, let me ask you, you're military. Let me ask you. You being military, a soldier. Are we all soldiers of the, of, the, of the king? We're all soldiers of the king. You being military, if you would befriend the government of an enemy state, what would that be called? Traitor. Traitor. Can you have another word? Treason. 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 Traitor. Whatever you want to call it. In a real sense, brothers and sisters, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to put you down because I'm putting my down in the same time. I'm just trying to teach. I want you to give some reality, and I want you to be serious about this stuff because in, K- in Christian circles, we don't see that much victory. You, you tell me if I'm, if I'm right or wrong. Tell me. Pastor, you're wrong. I'll accept it. Pastor, I have a different experience. The people that I see, for the most part, are victorious. Or is there just one here and one there and one there? Okay, you can tell me. Or if you want to just tell me afterwards, you can whisper in my ear. Pastor, I have a different experience than you. Oh, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise God. So this is why I'm emphatic about this. Because you have it coming, and yet so so few people live in it. It's yours. It's like somebody writing you a fat check. And you, you say, you know what? Huh. Well, you, you, you can't do one thing with it till you turn it in. A check. Till you cash the thing. Just a check. Won't do the deal. It's nice to look at. Right? If you, if you doubt me, go ahead and write me a check. I'll show you how nice it is to look at it. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Uh, so, uh, in a real sense then, brothers and sisters, when we as soldiers of Jesus Christ promote in any way the kingdom of darkness, it's called treason. Thank God! I have treasoned many times. Thank God for His grace. But that doesn't mean I have to be casual about it. In the book of James, in the book of James, he talks about adulterers when we are flirting with the things of the kingdom of darkness. He says you're an adulterer. He says, keep it here. Keep it here. I want you to promote my kingdom. And when you do that, you'll have a life of bliss in the spirit. I'm not promising you that you're going to buy your half a million dollar home that you wanted or whatever. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you didn't want it, but anyways, I don't want it. Um, So, anyways. Um, 
and now we have to go.